Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is continuing to enjoy recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, business leaders, sales professionals, uh, and this is really because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. The goal is that you take the information you need and you apply it within your business so that you can be more successful and happier. Today is no different. Today, my guest is Mark Willis. Mark is a certified financial planner, a number one best-selling author, and the owner of Late Growth Financial Services, which is a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois. Over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with sophisticated, tax-efficient financial solutions. He specializes in building custom-tailored financial strategies that are unknown to typical stock jockeys, attorneys, and other financial gurus, which is why we have him here today. Thanks so much for joining me, Mark. My pleasure. Thanks, Diane. Uh, So one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because I I love talking to people who um, take what seems to be uh, conventional, traditional sort of topic and turn it on its head and find other interesting ways of, of dealing with it that are, you know, potentially more beneficial for someone. So um, 
I am fascinated and, and want to hear why debt, why you think debt is a sound investment and what that even means. It is a counterintuitive or even controversial <laughs> statement. I get it. <laughs> well, I'll start briefly with just a bit of my background and why we came to that conclusion, my wife and I specifically, and then our financial firm. So we graduated with uh, three private school degrees in 2008 and no job and no plan to pay off all the debt that we incurred on our degrees that we received, right? And 2008 was a great time to be looking for work, if, if you remember. Facetiously, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So we had, we had a massive debt problem from the start. And, you know, it's only gotten worse in the last 10, 11 years since my wife and I graduated. Uh, it's only gotten worse. The problem of student loan debt has now reached $1.2 trillion more than credit cards in this country. And, you know, at the same time, uh, there's, there's other forms of debt too. Mortgages, HELOCs, car loans, student loans, investment debt, business loans are some of the biggest uh, profit makers for banks, by the way, now. Short-term business loans are approaching payday loan interest rate levels, Diane. So that oh, was a surprise no. to me. Yeah, that was a surprise to me when I saw that, these short-term loans <sighs> to businesses. And if you added all of it up, our mortgages, our cars, everything, the average American, this is according to the U.S. Commerce Bureau, the average American spends 35.9% of his or her income just on the financing of their life, which wow. is staggering. It's staggering. Yeah. I mean, think about that for a moment. Uh, if, if time is money, what's 35% of my day or your day, right? That's a lot of time just working for the bank. Wow, that's awful. Yeah. And if to make matters worse, you know, we're, we're saving less than 3% of our income. You know, we're saving less than 3% of our income. That's for retirement and the flat tires and the kids' college fund and the medical emergency. I mean, is 3% going to cover all that? I mean, it's, so it's, it's hard to imagine um, seeing uh, a solution out of that when we're tied up yeah. that, that tightly with the banks. And so you know, what, what my wife and I had to discover was just throwing money at the problem wasn't going to make it go away. Um, because as we were, we were overpaying on our student loans. And that was our kind of goal. We were going to live lean and cheap as we could and throw it all every penny we could toward our massive debt problem. Uh, but what we found was, interestingly enough, the, the uh, student loan companies were simply giving us a nice thank you letter, but not giving us any return on our investment right? We were losing that, uh, that opportunity to grow our money was gone forever. So as we paid down our debts, uh, we were no longer going to see the dollars that we were paying on our debts earn any interest for us. So, right. you know, and that's true for our business owner listeners as well. Every time we pay cash uh, for a piece of equipment or inventory uh, or our company car or our own personal vehicles, every time we pay cash for things, that's money that we'll never see grow for us ever again. That's the problem of opportunity cost. And that's, that's really the problem with paying cash for things. So we had to find a better way. And that's sort of what led us down the pathway of becoming our own banker and uh, literally becoming something better than debt-free, which is what helped us start our firm, helped us pay off our student loans and our other debts, and uh, got us to where we are today. 
Okay. So thank you so much for uh, saying that you fired your bank. Um, I, I need to better understand that. So I, I, this is what we're really saying is you become your own source of financing. But how do you do that if 35% of your money is going to just paying for having borrowed money? So true. Yeah, it's it's not an overnight switch that you flip, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it oftentimes comes <laughs> with, yeah, it's a slow and, uh, I mean, anything worth doing is worth doing over a long period of time. Uh, yeah. If it's going to solve a problem, it's probably not going to be an overnight success story, at least not 99% of the time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was one foot in front of the next and it was a lot of beans and rice and rice and beans and so forth. But it was also about thinking different about how we perceive ourselves in relationship to our money. Uh, so if all we ever see ourselves as is a business owner who's in debt up to his or her eyeballs, we'll never find a better way. It's just the upper limits of thinking about ourselves as the kind of person who's always in debt. Well, I'll just always be in debt. You know, that's just a that's a statement many of us might have in the back of our minds, whether we realize it or right. not. Yeah. So, so that's part of the problem. But the other problem is anywhere we do save our cash, most financial planners, and again, I'm a certified financial planning professional, CFP, we're taught and trained in the classical sense to put all of our money that we can save into things that we can't touch, access, or control with no guarantees yeah. attached, right? So that's kind of compounding the problem. If my money, the little bit I can save, is tied up in an IRA or a SEP or a 401k, uh, you know, which is what a good CPA would recommend you do, then right. that's going to be tied to something that I can't control and I can't touch for years or decades or I get slapped with penalties and taxes. So it's sort of a compounding problem in some ways. So, so that sounds like what you're saying is instead of going down that traditional road that, that your financial planner is going to tell you to go down, that there's another way to take that same money that you would be like putting it, let's say putting into a 401, taking that money and putting it into some other sort of vehicle that you can have access to. Sure. Yeah, so exactly right. Oh. So, you know, let's talk quickly about, and I'll call it the four biggest problems I see with conventional retirement plans, Diane. So okay. I'll walk through these kind of quickly, but I'll, I'll just touch on them. Uh, but I think, it, I think your listeners might be able to draw out some conclusions from this. So the first problem I see with traditional retirement plans, the big bear traps that I've seen having met with hundreds and now thousands of people over their finances, the first one is that there are zero guarantees and no predictability in most financial plans. And most of the business owners I meet are risk takers, and that's a good thing. Uh, good risk usually leads to good reward. Not always, but it usually does if you understand your risk well. The problem yeah. comes with unnecessary risk in your overall portfolio. So think of your business as a speculative investment. Okay. You know, think of your business like a speculative investment which means we need to have something that has some predictability and guarantees on the other end of your portfolio to help balance out your business, you know, because there's no telling if your business is going to make it or not. If the statistics that they say about businesses are even half true, uh, we right. need something about our portfolio that says, yes, it's going to be there when I go to look for it. 
And, you know, I, I ask folks all the time, can you tell me what your retirement account will be worth on the day you want to tap into it? And if, if they say, if they can't answer that question, I ask them, well, is this really a plan or is this just gambling by another name? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, the, the trouble is that most people think they're getting a great rate of return. They say, well, hey, Mark, I can't save more than 3% of my income, according to the U.S. Commerce right. Bureau, that's the average. So I can't save as much as I need to. So I need to put it all at risk and hopefully get a higher rate of return. But here's the truth. And this is what blew me away, Diane, when I found this out. According to third-party research, and this is Dalbar, if you want to look this, if folks want to look this up, look up quantitative analysis of investor behavior. It's just a report that the Dalbar group put out every year. And it shows us the real return from investors in, in the stock market over the last 10, 20, or 30 years. So here's the bottom line. The real return from actual investors over the last 30 years who were all the way invested in stock mutual funds was only 3.9%. That was the real really? return of actual investors over 30 years. That includes the 90s, right? That includes these last wow. 10-year bull market. And that floored me when I saw that. No kidding. And there's no guarantee That's that terrible. that'll even be there. Yeah. I mean, was it worth the sleepless nights, right, of, of 2008? Right. And the tech boom and bust, yeah. Ugh. So that's the first problem. The second problem is that we've got way too much uh, gobbled up in our savings. Retirement accounts are gobbled up by fees. Uh, Department of Labor actually says that if you get a 7% return on your money and you only have a 1% fee for the advisor managing that, that you're going to see about 28% of your money taken uh, from your investment by from you to your investment advisor over the next 35 years, according to the Department of Labor. Wow, that's a third of your net worth going just to the guy or gal managing your money. Wow, so and they're managing the your money, and you're really only getting like a three and a half percent return on it. Sure, yeah, and then they'll they'll Ugh. take one percent of that uh, for themselves, wow. whether the market's up, down, or sideways. So they're the only wow. ones with a real guarantee there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you think about that. It's a great job to have, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe me. And, and as a CFP, wow. I, I, and being in that field for a time, and I worked with a CPA in the midst of the Great Recession, uh, and she took a 1% AUM fee, and tremendous woman, incredible business person, and a fantastic CPA. Uh, the trouble was, I, I got into the financial planning world at the wrong time, Dan. Uh, she was Boy, no calling kidding. clients. Yeah, it was like going, being dropped into the front lines on D-Day or something. <laughs> So, you know, she was calling her clients, 61 years old, 62 years old, and saying things like, I'm sorry, Mr. Client, but I just lost you half your life savings. You can't retire like we thought. And that was a wake up call for me thinking, do I really want to put my career to this if it's just going to be right. another house of cards, you know? So right. that's the second problem. The third problem uh, is that there are way too many restrictions and red tape tied up around most retirement plans. So this is the third major bear trap I see most retirement plans have. You, there are restrictions on when you can withdraw the money. If you're too young, they'll slap you with a 10% penalty. And then you have to take withdrawals, withdrawals from your retirement accounts at a certain age, 70 and a half, or they'll slap you with a 50% penalty if you don't take the money out in time. They're tired of waiting for their taxes, basically, is what the, what the upshot there is. Eek. Yeah. And, and so finally, and the last thing, uh, the fourth major problem uh, I see with traditional retirement plans is that they're all uh, tax deferred and meaning that we're all sitting on these tax time bombs. Yeah. 
Um, so when I talk to most business owners, they don't like paying their taxes, but I do ask them, I say, well, do you think taxes are going to be lower or higher 10, 15, 20 years from now? And they think about lower. it. Lower. Yeah. Well, their own, right? Don't they think their own are going to go down if they're retired because they're not pulling an income? Right. Well, you know, most, most business owners I talk with, I ask them, well, do you think, you know, your, your own personal taxes will be lower or higher? Um, and, and then I'll ask them too, do you think the country's taxes with where our country yeah. is today, do you think our taxes are going to be lower or higher? And they uh -huh. typically say, well, taxes are probably going up in the up. future. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Well, and you think about it, their kids are out of the house, their mortgage is paid off, all the deductions yeah. are done. And generally speaking, now this isn't everybody, but a lot of folks I meet with in retirement are at least in the same bracket and sometimes higher um, because they've done their saving and they've, they've got nothing but taxable money in retirement, their 401k and whatnot. But even if, uh, you know, even if we're half true, uh, even if the, even if we're half right, the taxes are the same, uh, we've still got a major tax problem on our hands because every year in retirement, Congress could change the law on us and raise those taxes over a 30 year period. Right. Uh, yeah, so right. I just don't like having that part of my uh -huh. client's portfolio out of our control. You know, it's, it's the tax deferred nature or tax postponed nature of most retirement plans uh, that really create that ticking tax time bomb. Uh, and when most people realize that a third of their 401k belongs to the government, uh, that sort of makes them upset. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been, yeah. I've been having a lot of fun thinking through those four any any thoughts or feedback on any of those Dan I, I think you're what's so interesting for me is that my husband and I were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago that um, it is a crazy thing that you earn the money you know you spend your time earning this money and then you don't get it and and there are there really are so many rules around how you get to get it like if you wanted to start a business it's it's hard there's so many parameters around right. whether you could use some of that money for it and you know it, it it you sort of look at it and go okay wait a minute this isn't why i decided to start saving i you know, you know it's like we're sold mm -hmm. a bill of goods when we start this whole process and it's really about the government having control over how we use our money that we've made. Wow, that's so true. And you're right. There is sort of an interesting paradox there. I think the, the concept of earning what we make and keeping what we've earned is a lost concept yeah. for a lot of folks. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like uh, we, don't, we don't even think about it when we, start the, when we get the day job, we're handed the 401k. Now, what I love about the business owner is you're thinking, <laughs> and that's, a, that's yeah. a rare commodity in our time today, but you're thinking very carefully about every dollar that you're earning as that business starts to generate a profit. What do I want my money to do for me is a key question right. the business owner asks. And, you know, where you put your money will make it act different. And that's such an obvious statement, Diane, but so few people have really thought carefully about what do I want my money to do for me? If, if you had, and sometimes I'll ask my clients this question, I'll say, if you only had $1 to put somewhere for all of your life's needs, for all of your business's needs, what would you want that $1 to do for you? 
What sort of characteristics would you want it to have? What sort of attributes would you want it to have? And I'll just get them to list a few things out. You know, like I'll ask them, do you want there to be a risk of loss to lose that $1? Or would you want some sort of guarantee? Would you want there to be a penalty tied to accessing the money, that $1? Would you want to get your hand slapped with a penalty? Would you want to be able to access that money? Would you want it to be yeah. protected from, from bankruptcy or from creditors? You know, would you want to be able to take that $1, leverage it to get the most wealth for the least amount of money? You know, those sorts yeah. of questions and just get them to think about, think carefully. Do I want my uh, $1 to get taxed now or in the future? Uh, do I want that uh, $1 to be able to transfer to my family uh, as simply and as uh, completely as possible so it's not you know, open to creditors when I pass away. So those are sort of the questions that we'd ask folks. And it's really interesting. The, the answers are usually fairly similar. Yeah, I'll bet they are. And I think part of the problem is that, that we have all grown up not thinking that we have any choice. You know, this is the system. This is the way it works. This is how we all play the game. So people spend their time thinking about their money in a certain way. It, it's, it's, you know, for me, it goes back to something you said at the beginning that we have to change the way we think about money and change Absolutely. the way we think about our money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is fascinating. Well, me. there's an old study. I don't know if uh, there's a YouTube video. Folks can look, look this up. It was, uh, it was a, an experiment on a big, um, you know, so you take these uh, fleas and you put them in a jar, you put a uh, lid on the jar and then you leave them alone for a day or two. And they, they're bouncing up against the lid and they're hitting their heads. And they're, you know, but it's, uh, over time, they stop jumping uh, high enough to exceed the limits of that lid, such to the point that you could even remove the lid off that jar and the fleas won't jump out. They'll just stay in that jar for, for their entire lives. In uh. fact, and this is what really got me, Diane, even when the fleas reproduce, their children won't jump out of the jar. They're taught oh. to stay inside the jar too. Isn't that phenomenal? Really? Yeah. Now that, here's the, that, yeah. here's the fascinating wow. fact. The 401k is not even old enough to retire yet. It's only been around since 1981. So it's not even old enough to retire yet. And yet we all think that it was created on the sixth day of creation, right? That somehow, <laughs> somehow Moses brought it down from the mountains, right? And it's just not true. <laughs> well, those of us who were around in the 80s remember when this whole thing came about, frankly, because yeah. I, I remember all the, you know, it, and, and this is what's so interesting for me. It was like people were not saving for retirement and, and companies weren't asking them to. And wasn't it in the 80s when, or was it in the 80s when companies' pensions started getting really screwy mm -hmm. or they were yeah. spending their, their, right, the pensions and so people ended up with nothing. So the government was like, okay, wait a minute, you have to do something. So once mm -hmm. again, the government deciding this is the best thing, which is, you know, as my husband likes to say, I, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like A that. Frightening thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most terrifying sentence you'll ever hear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, that's so true, and and you're right. I think again, um, the 401k was never meant to be what it's turned into. In fact, Ted Benna, the guy who sort of is considered the father of the 401k has recently come out and said that it should be abolished and that we should start all the way over. He's created a monster, he said. Uh, wow. It was only meant to be a supplement on top of the pensions that were available to key employees and executives. So 
So my, my strategies with most of my clients revolve around things outside of the traditional retirement plans. Now we are a full financial firm and we can, you know, uh, provide those services if it makes sense. Under, circum under certain circumstances, it does. But there's some other strategies I think really fit well for the business owner uh, that's looking for predictable, accessible, contingency capital, big pools of cash that you could use to not only help your personal life out, but also your business life too. I mean, if you had a big pool of contingency cash in the midst of the next recession, how much more competitive would you be uh, in your business? You know, what kind yeah. of market share could you take if everyone else's lines of credit were being frozen or slashed by the banks? And we all know that's happening someday in the future. Nobody knows when, yeah. but when the banks take away the, the punch bowl, so to speak, when they, uh, when they cut back your line of credit, it'll be the people with big piles of money that is available to them to use for any reason as collateral that will be the ones that increase their market share and, and grow uh, as, as uh, profitably as they possibly can. Yeah, I, and, and as you said, I mean, we definitely know it's coming. I want to take a quick sponsor break, and then I want to hear what some of these ideas are. So <clears throat> hang on for a second. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back by David Averin and Leading Loyalty by Lena Renee. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today, we're speaking with Mark Willis about firing your bank and becoming your own source of financing. So, share with the listeners, you know, some of these ideas of things that we can be doing differently than we're doing them now so that we are actually, so our money's actually working for us. Absolutely. Sure. So, it goes again back to something we said earlier, the mindset of thinking intentionally about what you want your money to do for you. If you take nothing else away from this episode, take a few moments to just think through some of the questions we listed earlier. You know, do you want your money, if you had $1 to your name, what sort of things would you want it to do? You know, if you could create the perfect financial instrument, what sort of characteristics would you want it to have? You know, would you want accessibility of that money? Would you want it to grow guaranteed? Would you want it to be accessible with tax advantages? All those things that we mentioned earlier. And Diana, I guess, you know, this is a, a hard part of the conversation because again, as a CFP, I've seen over 400 financial vehicles out there. I mean, we could talk about them, real estate investment trusts, hedge funds, you know, uh, uh, dividend paying stocks, uh, the list goes on and on, IRAs, self-directed IRAs. I mean, you could probably you know, put them on, on a sheet of paper that would last for, for, you know, for pages and pages. It's, it goes on and on and on. And part of my pursuit in the CFP was trying to find alternatives that would help meet the needs of my clients as well as my own financial 
objectives to pay off my student loans and asking myself, well, where is it written that I'm, I have to put all my money in Wall Street just to retire or just to right. grow my business? And so I found some strategies that were kind of counterintuitive. Again, our podcast, we named it uh, the Not Your Average Financial Podcast for this reason, because there's so many off the wall things that I'd never considered before that seemed to make great sense for a lot of business owners. And when I found out that uh, of all things, uh, a high cash value dividend paying whole life insurance policy filled all those requirements that I just mentioned earlier in the episode, my jaw dropped. I mean, it was, it was like, oh, I guess turning the page back a hundred years in the, in the financial universe and looking at something so old fashioned uh, that I almost turned away from it, right? But uh, yeah, well, why, sure. why, why whole life insurance? I mean, it's increased in value guaranteed for the last 160 years. It's better returns than other cash equivalents out there. You can access cash inside the policy for any reason, including your business. Uh, you can leave more money to your family than you could ever save since it is life insurance after all. But most importantly, it becomes a chance for you to become your own source of financing and using it as a permanent line of credit for your family, but also for your business. And that's really what got my attention and why I used the policy itself to wipe out all of my student loans, ended up using it to start and run our business, buy our vehicles this way. Uh, we've helped businesses buy their inventory this way and buy real estate properties. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. Uh, but we've, we've really focused on the cash design of the policy to maximize how much liquid accessible money is available for the business owner. So it's minimizing the commissions and the expenses, the stuff that really made me poo-poo on whole life a long time ago when I first learned about it. It was, it grew way too slow. It's the kind that, you know, maybe our parents or grandparents had heard about or used in their own portfolios. Yeah. But the way they're designing them these days, it's a much more efficient cash accumulating machine and minimizing the death benefit and the expenses on the policy so that we can use it for a, a financial management tool for the business. Okay, hang on a second, because I, I want to understand this. So, because it feels to me like this is um, like a, a line, like a backward line of credit that you say, okay, I'm going to get this, I'm going to pay on the, um, what do they call those, premiums or, or you know, what, whatever you're paying mm -hmm. on a monthly basis, and so it's going to build value. It's sort of like, <laughs> I want to say like putting money in a bank um, and letting it, grow value, but it's not growing at any sort of interest rate, is it? Well, you're on the right track. So yes, you're packing okay. money into this thing and the way they get money in is called premium. That's just, you know, okay. when you go to the bank, you call that a deposit. When you go to life insurance, they just call that premium. So you're paying okay. premium, you're contributing this money. And again, it's all about mindset. When you're thinking pennies, you're going to get pennies out of a policy. When you're thinking, how much money can I pack into this thing? Because the more I pack into it, the more value it is yeah. and the more value my business right. has. So it's, it's earning and growing with a guaranteed annual cash value increase and interest rate uh, on the policy's cash value. On top of that guaranteed growth, every single year, Diane, there's a dividend if the company is profitable. They'll throw the dividends on top of that, that cash. So it's growing at a modest but better than cash, you know, better than your money market accounts, better than your CDs but it's as accessible and liquid to you as your money market accounts or, or, or especially your CDs would be. Um, but, and you're right, it is sort of a backward line of credit. I've never really thought of it that way before, but yeah, you're building up this wealth inside this 
policy and it's, it's money you can use as collateral for any, any time you need it. Um, and the policy continues to grow when you borrow against the policy, it grows as if you never touched the money. And that's really the, the sweet spot there. So I'll say that again, cause I know that's sort of yeah. mind boggling, yeah. but if it's designed correctly and we'll call these policies for short, we'll call them bank on yourself type policies. But if you've designed the policy correctly from the get go, and if it's with the right kind of company, the policy will pay you the full growth and dividend on your money, whether you've borrowed against it or not. So if you've got $100,000 in cash value, let's say, and let's say you borrowed $30,000 to go buy a car, well, that year, they'll pay you the full dividend and, and guaranteed interest on the money on the entire $100,000, even though you have a loan against the policy and you're driving your car around town. I mean, that's the power of letting that money do two things at once. Wow, that's bizarre. It, I really thought and, so too. I really thought so too. <laughs> but, you know, there is one other place in the universe that I was able to find that does that. And it's not uncommon for a lot of listeners to have a HELOC on their home. Now, think, if you think about it, your home is going to grow and appreciate in the neighborhood even when you have a HELOC or a mortgage against it, right? Yeah. The only difference with this policy is it grows guaranteed, whereas our homes don't grow guaranteed. <laughs> we, learned, right. we learned that 10 years ago. <laughs> So this yeah. policy is just using your cash value as collateral. Just like when the bank gives you a HELOC, they're using your home as collateral. The only difference is right. you own the asset with your life insurance. You are the owner of that contract. When it's the HELOC, the bank owns that part of your home. So right. you're bringing the ownership of the asset back to huh. you, which is why they're able to, and by the way, that's why the insurance company is willing to do this because they know one way or the other, they're going to get paid back. Either I'm going to pay that loan back in my lifetime, or if I pass away, the loan will be forgiven by reducing the death benefit. Got it. Okay, that, that was the part. Okay, thank you for that, because yep. I was about to ask you about reducing the death benefit, but that's mm -hmm. how you do it. If you mm -hmm. borrow against it and then you die, right. whoever is the beneficiary just doesn't get the whole value of it. They get whatever minus what you borrowed. Exactly. So if I have a million dollar okay. death benefit and I take 30 grand out of my cash value, then my family and I pass away the next day, God forbid that my family would get right. 1 million minus 30,000. Got it. Okay. And then is there a certain um, interest rate at which you have to pay the loan back or do you negotiate that with yourself or? Yeah, good question. What? So the insurance company itself, and I'll keep this simple for the podcast, right. but if folks want to get details, we can get into details if you'd like, but yeah, there's a, there's a interest rate that's simple interest all year long. So usually simple interest is better than compound interest. So the insurance company charges an interest rate on policy loans. Uh, but remember, you're getting growth and money and dividends on the entire cash value, even the amount you borrowed out. So, right. so if, I'm, if I'm paying interest on a small portion of my money on a simple interest schedule, but I'm getting compound growth on all of my money, even the amount I borrowed out. The fancy word here would be arbitrage. You know, that's, that's still a net benefit to me, which is why I think this is better than even paying cash for my big purchases my business might need. You know, so, you know, using this for your real estate deals or your inventory for your business, or like we used it to build out the office space my office is in. Uh, and, you know, you can use it for your company cars it's beating, it typically beats paying cash because we're still getting growth on all the money as if we had not touched the money. 
uh, even as we have an interest rate on the policy loan. That's fascinating. And so this can really work in any sort of business, service firm, manufacturing, retail. This, this sounds like it doesn't matter what kind of business it is. Correct. It, it, you can use the policy's cash value and the loan for any purpose. Your business uh, could use it for any purpose, hiring employees, whatever. But you could just as easily use it for your family's needs too, your kid's college, for example, your own retirement. Eventually, that's what the ultimate goal of the policy might be is your own sinking fund for your retirement. Since when I started my business, I don't know about you, Diane, but nobody handed me a 401k when I started my business here. No. So, so you got to have something. Uh, and this is one way you can use your, your own line of credit, essentially your own policy uh, as a way to save for your own future. Now, it's not a good fit for just everybody. So I'll just quickly mention that too. Right. You know, okay. it's not, it's not a, you, you know, it's not going to work if we can't rub two pennies together, you know, uh, right. it still takes saving. You brought that up earlier. Uh, and it's definitely not a just, it's not going to go bananas on rates of return. It's simple, steady, you know, high single digits kind of rates of return uh, that typically can be accessed without taxes due, but it's not going to be something that's going to beat the best year of the stock market. Um, I'll also say this quickly, um, you know, you don't have to be um, the insured. So if you have health problems or you have too many birthdays uh, under, your, under your belt, you can still own the policy even if it's insuring, say, a key employee or a family member. So it's, just, it's definitely not a good fit. I don't recommend this out of the gate for folks. I typically only say this, talk about this with folks after we've had a pretty in-depth financial consultation with, it, with yeah. uh, our business owners. And so we're sharing this concept today, obviously realizing we don't know everybody's situation. But I do think the reason why I uh, wanted to share this with you today was there's just not enough people out there that even know that this is an option. I just feel like okay. Wall Street had way too strong a grip on the retirement field. And this is what we all put our money into before the 401k came out. Yeah, th this is so interesting. So, and I really, this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you. Um, and, and because this is really fascinating to me. Um, now, Will you tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you and, and how they can find you if they want to go, you know, take a deeper dive and explore more about this? Sure. Yeah. If you, if you want to learn more and see if this is a good fit or not, or if you have questions after the episode, I'm happy to hear your thoughts on, on this episode. And uh, Diane, thank you. We, we have probably the best way to learn more if you just want to kind of dip your toe in the water is to check out our podcast. It's anywhere you're listening to this show. We'd probably be on there too. It's called Not Your Average Financial Podcast. And we made the show as, as short as we possibly, the show title as short as we could. <laughs> so it's a Not Your Average Financial Podcast. If you search for it, I'm sure you'll find it. On our website, uh, which is notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, there's a little button that says request a meeting. Request a meeting. If you click request a meeting, you'll see our calendars right there. Pick any time that works with your schedule. And if you put... Uh, Diane's name in the, sh in the uh, event notes, I'll send you a copy of our best-selling book. We have a book that I co-authored with another business owner on how this strategy is working for the business owner. Uh, and if I'll be happy to send that to anyone uh, who reaches out to us, uh, compliments of Diane. Wow, that's so great. Thank you. And seriously, I, I really, I appreciate you sharing this information. This is, this is 
totally new for me. So I am imagining it is totally new for probably most of the listeners. Uh, and, and just amazing. Like my brain is sort of on overload right now. It's <laughs> just not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's, it really is a, it, it took me the better part of a year to kind of wrap my mind around it. And honestly, to come over my skepticism too. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I used it to pay down my student loans eventually, but you know, I mean, what else might we imagine you could use this strategy for? I mean, you know, the, the list kind of goes on and on and, you know, letting, letting, letting your family members use the, the line of your, your bank uh, for their purposes, right. uh, helping your parents uh, with their needs, um, helping your kids save for college. Uh, one quick little tidbit on that. Yeah. When you use the, when you have money in life insurance, it does not appear on the FAFSA form when your kid goes to school. So you look poorer on paper when your money is tied up in these policies, as opposed to say in an IRA or a checking account when, ah. you know, when you go to apply for financial aid. Yeah, that, that's uh, a key. And, and one of the things that I really appreciate possibly most about what you said was that, that it, it um, you know, it's not a silver bullet, you know, exactly it, it, right. it takes yeah. time, it takes energy, you have to go, it's not necessarily right for everybody, but mm -hmm. I think it is worth exploring to see if it is and how it could be, um, depending on what all of those uh, specifics are to see if there's there's a way to use this kind of thing. So. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, don't yeah. don't rush out and go set one of these up. Talk to somebody who yeah. knows what they're doing. Don't just Google it, you know, or Google it. Fine, that's yeah. fine, but don't just Google it. Go find someone who's been doing it for years and could set yeah. it up for you correctly and can think carefully with you. Again, uh, the key questions to ask yourself is: What do I really want my money to do for me? and get as clear as you can on that before talking to anybody because then you'll be clear of whether or not this is a good fit for you or not. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Thanks. Thanks. This is, uh, th this is great. And, and listeners, you know, I always like to thank you. Um, this is definitely something to take a closer look at and give some thought to because boy, it can be a game changer with cash flow and how you're, you know, the things that you're able to do with your business. Uh, and I like to thank our sponsor. Uh, if you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. This is the kind of thing you would be curious about. Uh, and until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next... 
subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.